up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Wednesday, December 30th, 2020, the final show of 2020. I will not be doing a show on the 1st this Friday. Going to be taking another day off. And I know the scheduling's been weird over the last, you know, pair of weeks. I understand that. I get that. Uh, it's been weird for me too. I, I've been in vacation mode, and I, and I feel bad, especially in a year like 2020. I'm not trying to, to to humble brag about vacation, any of that stuff. But it's just you. I'm a, I'm very much a man of routine. You know that that is one of the most uh, definitive things that comes with uh, being on on the spectrum. And you know, once I kind of get into that routine, it's hard for me to get out of it. So scheduling's been a bit weird. I apologize for that. But we will be back here next week, going back to three shows a week until. Spring training rolls around, then we'll probably be back to doing five shows a week, but just that's the programming note. Let's move on to the heart of the show. Anything happen in baseball over the last couple of days? My goodness, the San Diego Padres are single-handedly saving this offseason because this offseason has, much like a whole lot that went down in baseball in 2020, has been a complete mess. It's been totally dull. It's been boring. It's been lifeless. And you've seen a signing here or there, you know, Jose Urania with the Tigers or, or some of those other low-level guys. But for the most part, it's been extremely quiet. You're, you're waiting for who's going to be the first to draw first blood. And uh, the Padres did. My goodness, they made two in a 24-hour span made two massive, massive moves. And I'm going to talk about what that means for baseball, what that means for the Padres, a team that I'm officially on the bandwagon for. I think what they just did is truly, truly brilliant. I'm going to get into that, but we're going to start with the first trade that went down. And this thing broke, I believe it was on about 1130 at night on a Sunday. It was a strange time, and obviously my I'd already recorded Monday's episode by then, so I didn't talk about the Snell trade on Monday's show, but the San Diego Padres acquired Blake Snell from the Tampa Bay Rays. Blake Snell, former All-Star pitcher, former Cy Young winner, was on the Rays, was drafted by the Rays. I mean, he had been a part of their system forever. He was acquired by the Padres, and the Tampa Bay Rays acquired Luis Patino, catcher Francisco Mejia, right-handed pitcher Cole Wilcox, and catcher Blake Hunt. I'm going to start by talking about what this means for the Tampa Bay Rays. Somebody pointed this out, and I I was stunned by this, but I guess I shouldn't have been. Since 2008, only five teams have won more games in baseball than the Tampa Bay Rays. They made the postseason in 2008, 2010, 2011, 2013, 2019, and last season as well. They've won the American League twice. They've won three World Series games in their team's history. They kind of have a tried-and-true system, and yet every offseason, they do something that I think is completely bonkers and insane, and yet somehow it kind of ends up working. Last year it was Tommy Pham. I didn't understand why they why they traded Pham. I thought that was insane. I think Pham is at his best a a, a star caliber player and at worst is still a more than serviceable hitter and outfielder and yet they made the move. They decided to trade him away and for I believe it was Hunter Renfro and guess what? The Rays played in the World Series last year. Like it's hard for me to really knock them organizationally for some of their moves, but it just Speaking, and I'm not a Rays fan, obviously, and I know people make jokes about how there aren't many Rays fans, but, you know, there there are. 
And I, it's got to be tough as a fan of the Rays because I think one thing that people overlook is, you know, fans get attached to teams, obviously, but even more so they get attached to players, especially in baseball. You know, there's a certain comfortability that comes with seeing a guy take the field every day or if it's a pitcher every fifth day. You know, you saw that with the Tigers where people loved seeing Justin Verlander take the mound every fifth day. People, to a certain extent, still enjoy that familiarity that comes with seeing Miguel Cabrera take the field. And even when you have a team that's been as successful as the Tampa Bay Rays have been, it's got to be difficult to see so much turnover. I mean, some of the key pieces of their playoff runs over the last two years, Tommy Pham, Charlie Morton, and Blake Snell, are all gone now. You know, replaced by some some solid prospects, Luis Patino for the Padres, the, the key piece of this deal. It's a shame that the Rays have to do this because I think that's how they believe in the front office. They believe they have to make moves like this if they want to stay competitive going forward for the next several years. It's sad that probably at some point within the next few years, you're going to see Meadows get traded. You're going to see Lau get traded. You might, If Glass now develops, you might see him get traded. I, I think that's just kind of the way of things in Tampa Bay. You're going to have a lot of turnover. You're going to trade for solid prospects. They do such a good job of developing young talent, but... Lately, especially, they've also done a pretty good job of trading away young talent, but I, I, I guess at this point, you do kind of have to give them the benefit of the doubt because of how successful they've been. On the other side for the Padres, a baller move. Now, I, I do have to say, I said this after Game 6 of the World Series in the, in the throes of passion. I said that Blake Snell would absolutely be within his rights to ask for a trade following Kevin Cash's ass nine decision to pull him in game six when he was pitching the game of his life. Do I think that Snell would have been traded if not for that? Yeah, probably. I think the Rays, they have their formula. They have their way of going about things. I don't think it really mattered how Blake Snell felt about getting pulled in game six. If they wanted to trade him, they were going to do it anyway. They'd made up their mind. I, I think it probably sped the process up. A little bit. Blake Snell was clearly massively disappointed, and that was not the first time that had happened. It was the most substantial time in which that had happened. But he now goes to the Padres, who over the last several years have done a pretty good job with developing starting pitching. I mean, you saw what they've done with Denilson Lamette. You see what they've done with Chris Paddock, who wasn't as good last year, but I still believe has a has a pretty high ceiling and has pitched some good baseball for them. Blake Snell is an excellent pitcher, but I also got the impression over the last two seasons in Tampa Bay, and injuries had something to do with this, but I got the impression he'd plateaued a little bit, like I felt like there was another gear to him, because he really was brilliant in 2018, he deserved to win the Cy Young, I know he didn't pitch a ton of innings, right, but he was what, like 21-5, and five. he had a sub-2 ERA in the American League, that's really impressive, now over the last two years, we've seen glimpses of the pitcher we saw in 2018, that guy who won the Cy Young, but we haven't seen kind of the, the him put it all together, moving to a new location in San Diego, great fan base, Great ballpark, great team. I'm going to talk more about that as we go forward here. Uh, I think it's going to light a fire under him. I, I think this is a guy who wants to pitch in big games. He's a guy who wants to pitch in big moments, and he wants to be trusted in big moments. Big move for the San Diego Padres as they retooled their rotation, or so we thought. They went ahead and made one more huge move on Monday. We're going to talk about what that move was when we return. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, 6 new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft, 
and easy to chew. And Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And we're back, everybody. So the San Diego Padres wasted no time celebrating the acquisition of former Cy Young winner Blake Snell. They went out and made another move. And this was like several hours after they acquired Snell. I mean, it was kind of crazy how quickly this thing moved. And Bob Nightingale, all jokes aside, he was he was pretty much right with this, said several hours after Snell was acquired by the Padres, yeah, they're making moves. They're trying to get you Darvish. You Darvish has seen a career resurgence really in the latter part of 2019 and last season as well. He was spectacular, finished second for the Cy Young, I believe. He was absolutely fantastic for the Cubs. And guess what happened? The Padres have him now. You Darvish and Victor Caratini, uh, Darvish's personal catcher, acquired by the Padres, while the Chicago Cubs acquire four prospects and right-handed pitcher Zach Davies. Zach Davies is going to be pitching with, with his third team in as many seasons. The prospects themselves, a lot of really young guys, three teenagers in this deal. Jed Hoyer, his first big move since taking over as president of baseball operations for the Chicago Cubs following the resignation of Theo Epstein. You know, I'll talk about the Cubs here. A lot of Cubs fans really disappointed in this. I I believe in Jed Hoyer. I think Jed Hoyer is going to do a good job there. This is not a good first move, and I don't blame him for it. I think it is a prime example of a salary dump. I hate that term. We saw the same thing with Justin Upton. We're like, a salary dump to me is what you do when you trade a player who isn't that good anymore, and you don't get anything back for him. You Darvish, you know, he's in his mid-30s, but we saw last year is still pretty much in the prime of his career. So you're just handing another team a premier player. And by the way, it wasn't that big a salary dump. The Cubs, I believe, still are are paying some of that contract. You know, they, they acquired three really young guys with high ceilings. The Cubs in the past have done a pretty darn good job of developing talent, or at least they did in the Theo Epstein era. But, you know, this day and this trade and this offseason, apparently, belongs to the San Diego Padres. You know, one of the issues I've had with San Diego over the last year or so, and one of the big reasons, and you know, obviously injuries really killed them last year. You know, you had Lamette and Mike Clevenger who were out in that series against the Dodgers. But the one thing I wondered is, you know, Mackenzie Gore, I think it has the potential to be an ace pitcher. You know, he's been coming up through the system here for a while. Will probably be making his debut, will be making his debut, pending some sort of injury in 2021. You're going to be without Mike Clevenger. He'll be undergoing Tommy John surgery. That's a That was a pretty devastating blow considering that at his best, I know injuries have gotten in the way, but at his best, Mike Clevenger is a, is a top 10, top 15 pitcher in baseball. Guy gives you a ton of innings. He strikes out a lot of batters. Uh, he will not be with the Padres next season. So they went out, they completely revamped their rotation. A.J. Preller, who is the head of baseball operations there, I mean, I don't even care what the Padres do this season. Like, these moves are absolutely insane. This might be the greatest two-day stretch in the history of the San Diego Padres. They retooled their rotation with two all-star caliber pitchers and still held on to most of their top prospects. A.J. Preller is an absolute unit. That's one thing I didn't bring up. This somehow, despite the fact they just traded away for two all-star caliber pitchers did not trade 
any of their top five prospects in the Darvish deal. I think Patino might have been in their top five, but they still have one of the four or five best farm systems in all of baseball. They somehow built for the present and didn't sacrifice their future. It's it's spectacular what they did. These are two of the most impressive moves I've seen by a baseball team in quite some time. And I just, I love this. I love this because I'm so tired of teams. And it's not just Detroit. Detroit is, is to me the prime example because of how much money they do have. But half the league is tanking. Half the league doesn't care. I mean, the Chicago Cubs three, four years ago were in this. I mean, they were going all out. They were spending money. They were making trades. And yeah, you know what? Some of them didn't work. The Jose Quintana deal in hindsight, probably not a great move. But guess what? They were going for a World Series. Now they don't care. The Ricketts seemingly don't care that, you know, Jed Hoyer's guy, who I think will ultimately do a good job, seems to kind of have his hands tied. You're seeing a lot of these big market teams just kind of being very blasé about the whole thing. And then you see the San Diego Padres, who had a solid year last year, who are seizing an opportunity. They believe, I'm not saying they're going to get there, because this is one of those things, I'm not, I'll believe it when I see it, because the Dodgers have been so good. They believe they can dethrone the Dodgers this year. And to that I say, hell yeah, dude, because they are young, they have, a, they have a solid manager who just did a good job in his first year. They have a smart front office. They've made some great trades. And you know what? I don't think they're done. I still think they might sign Trevor Bauer. I still think they might make a move for another starting pitcher or another middle-of-the-lineup bat. That is becoming, it's not just a team that's really, really talented, but it's becoming a really hot free agent destination. I mean, obviously, you have San Diego is a beautiful place to live in. You know, that's a great sports city. But, like, even beyond that... I think word is out that there's something special brewing in San Diego. I mean, you saw what they did last year. I mean, I I, I didn't say it full on, but I feel, felt like that team saved baseball last year. I, last year's baseball season was awful. It was such a joke. The only time I felt any sort of emotion or had any sort of fun watching baseball last season outside of Game 4 of the World Series, which was, you know, that had that insane ending, was watching the Padres. Fernando Tatis Jr., is going to be the face of baseball. And if he's not, then that's that falls completely on, on Major League Baseball's inability to promote a single solid player. This guy is absolutely electric. He has Hall of Fame potential. You have a ton of talent in that infield. You have Cronenworth, who had a great year last year. You have Eric Hosmer, who kind of turned his career around a season ago. Again, 60 games. You know, would, he, would he have been, been able to keep it up? Launch angle was progressively better than it was over his previous couple seasons, where all he did was hit balls into the ground. You have Manny Machado. Machado, who for the first time in his career seems engaged. Like Manny Machado, in terms of talent, no one's ever denied that this guy has, you know, all-star, even Hall of Fame potential. I mean, he's just an absolute freak, and he signed that big contract, and he was okay, but underwhelming in 2019 with the Padres. Seemed to not only take on a, a different role with the Padres last year, but you know, retained his God-given ability. You know, he, he he was not only phenomenal on the field, it seems like he's grown up a little bit off it. He seems like one of those guys who, when he feels like he's in the right environment, he's going to show that he cares. And I think he finally believes he's in a perfect spot in San Diego. You have these good pitchers that you just acquired. They have a good mix of youngsters and veterans. This is what I love to see. And bringing this back around, because this is a Tigers podcast, it just makes the current situation so much more frustrating. Because I think it was the Padres went all out to try to win in 2015. And they got Kemp, and they got Upton, and they got Kimbrell, and it was a massive failure. It, it was a huge failure. They were under 500. I believe they ended up, I think, firing Bud Black. After that, they kind of hit the reset button. So that's hitting the reset button about, what, a full year before the Tigers hit their reset button, and they are, they've lapped the Tigers. Of course they have, because every team that started their rebuild right around that time seems to have done it. It's like, it's not a matter of 
of timing at this point. It's not a matter of we need to be more patient. It's simply a matter of execution. There is no reason. The Tigers have the money and the resources and the farm system to be able to do what the San Diego Padres are doing right now. Now, I'm not saying, by any means, am I saying trade Spencer Torkelson for, you know, you Darvish or something like that. But, as I just brought up, the Padres just traded one, one of their top prospects in order to acquire two of the best pitchers in baseball. When, when was the last time we saw a move like that in Detroit? It was probably the Dombrowski era, you know, when they were fleecing guys left and right, trading Jacob Turner for Anibal Sanchez and Omar Infante. You know, like, it's it's been a hot minute, and the reason why I think it's been a hot minute is because of the ineptitude of the front office and the lackadaisical nature of ownership. So, I hate to bring things down here before we end the show, but I'll, I'll bring it back up here because this is the final show of 2020. I, I believe in February I will have been doing this for a full year. It has not always been the easiest show to do because baseball has made things very difficult for all of us here in 2020. But I I will say, uh, the Locked On Network, the people that I have connected with, because I'm a shy person and I want to reach out to these people more, but I think this is a wonderful idea and I think it's a wonderful thing that's been going on with Locked On, especially with the the baseball podcast. But really with, with all this stuff, the people that I've connected with, I think it's such an ingenious concept. You have people who are so incredibly passionate about what they're doing, who are hungry, who are happy, who who are very, very insightful. And I, I encourage people to keep listening. I mean, I, I've been doing this for, what, 11 months, only within the last month I finally started using theme music. So, like, it may be a slow process, but I believe now the podcast is better than it was when I started, and I hope next year at this time it will be better than it is right now. And I appreciate all of you sticking with me. I know I am a, a unpredictable person sometimes when it comes to my moods, when it comes to the things I react to. I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to be a smarter person, a, a, a kinder person, a more empathetic person. I'm in my head way too much, way too much. I let other people get into my head way too much, and it scares me, but I'm doing the best I can, and I I hope everyone out there has a safe new year. I I know the the problems that persist in 2020 are probably going to persist in 2021 as well, but there is some some pageantry, some hope that comes with a new year. Capture that feeling, because even if it it doesn't last long, it, it does feel good. So thank you for listening, everybody. Have a great rest of your day. You can follow me on. So thank you for listening, everybody. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C A S T E L L A N I two O one four. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts. Go to iTunes. Leave a written positive five star review. Leave an end of the year five star review of Locked On Tigers on iTunes. It would be much much appreciated. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and I hope you enjoy the new year. I will see you here in 2021. Have a great rest of your day and go Tigers.